everybody, and welcome back to Picking Up Rubber. I am your host, Justin Russo, and today we are going to preview round 10 of the 2022 Formula One World Championship, the British Grand Prix from Silverstone, a historic circuit, always a fun race, brings out the best in the cars in qualifying on Saturday, the race on Sunday, a lot of huge upgrades coming for a lot of teams as well. So ready to jump into that. I also want to say I am going to talk a little bit at the end of this about a lot of the racial issues going on in F1 recently between Yuri Vips, Nelson Piquet, and Lewis Hamilton. It's too important not to talk about, especially in this day and age. And so I definitely want to touch on that. I'll save that for the end. Well, let's get into the preview first. Let's jump into the race. Exciting race. First of back-to-back races here in F1. Next week, we're going to be in Austria. So that'll be fun on the weekend of uh, July 10th. But we're here at Silverstone now, coming off of a two-week break from Canada, where Max Verstappen took his sixth win of the season, looking in peak form at the moment. But I think Ferrari can finally come back at him here. There's a lot of upgrades to go through, a lot of things each team's bringing. So let's just go down the list here, get through it, and uh, get into the preview. So starting with Red Bull, big upgrade for them. There was some photos that came out recently. I think it was today. Rear the car, they're getting a nice upgrade there. Rear the car looks kind of behind the side pods. It's going to prove the airflow to the rear wing. A lot of people noticed it. Now, they haven't had the the huge dip in the side pods that Ferrari had and some of those exotic designs. They've been more tame, but this kind of showed a bigger dip, kind of showed a more distinct airflow to the rear wing. So that's something to look for. Of course, Adrian Newey is always going to find a way to make that car faster. So no surprise there that Red Bull's still developing the car very well. And Exciting to see what that brings for them. Obviously, they don't need a lot of help at the moment. They're at the front, but we'll see what they have and see how much better it makes them. Ferrari now, we touched on this in the Canadian Grand Prix uh, podcast, the review podcast. Carlos Sainz is now going to get the new rear wing that Ferrari had brought for Charles Leclerc in Montreal. So let's see how that affects the cars. Now, Leclerc, it was still a little hard for him to pass in Montreal, so it wasn't the best, but might have helped Carlos Sainz out. Maybe uh, could have could have used that to try to get past Max Verstappen for the win. So both those drivers are going to have that now. That should be a big upgrade for them. They've also run really well at Silverstone. As I mentioned, Charles Leclerc has two P3s and a P2 in his last three appearances at Silverstone. Obviously, the P2 last year, getting passed by Lewis Hamilton in the in the dying laps of the race. They haven't had the best car the last few years, but Charles Leclerc still just finds a way to to do good things at Silverstone. So interesting to see now where they have arguably the best car, first or second, what can he do? Can he can he go out and win the race? It seems to be a track that Ferrari's always favored at. He has a fresh engine as well. He brought that up in the uh, the press conferences today, and let's see what he can do. I, I'm really interested to see. It's Something has to give here because Max Verstappen's going to run away with this championship soon, and as much as we want Ferrari and maybe Mercedes, which we'll touch on in just a second, to kind of ramp things up, something's got to give here. Uh, Max Verstappen is in peak form. Red Bull are in peak form, and... If Ferrari and Mercedes don't do something soon, it's going to be a it's going to be a walk in the park for Max Verstappen. So, let's see what Ferrari has. Moving on to Mercedes, this is the most anticipated one, right? We've been talking about Mercedes all year. When are they going to finally turn things around? We've been waiting and waiting. This is the race. No, this is the race. And they've shown signs, but they really haven't gotten to the spot that they've been in, pre- in previous years, where they're just at the top they're at the peak you know they're they're fighting for wins every weekend and often favored for wins this is going to be probably the biggest upgrade than make all season it's been rumored maybe about two tenths worth of time now that might not get them up to where they need to be for Ferrari and Red Bull but it gets them a lot closer it kind of separates them from that mid-pack which they've started to do here in recent races they're not hanging around with the McLarens and the Alpines 
they're just on their own. And that's what you want to see if you're Mercedes. Now they have to make that extra step and get closer to the Ferraris and Red Bulls. And we'll see if that helps them do that this weekend. And they've also mentioned, and James Allison's talked a lot. He, he seems giddy in interviews where he's like, ah, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get too excited, but we put a lot into this and, you know, I, I think it's going to be a, a good weekend for us. They mentioned the smooth surface at Silverstone. You know, we've got a lot of street tracks, a lot of bumpy surfaces, very smooth surface at Silverstone, similar to Barcelona, which they ran really well at. Lewis Hamilton fought back from the back of the field. George Russell, I believe, had a podium in that race. They might be in for a pretty sharp performance. We're Look, we're going to find out here pretty soon in the next couple of days. I think, you know, it's going to be hard for them to get up, <clears throat> excuse me, with the with the Red Bulls and the Ferraris just because they have been like a second ahead at, at times, it feels like, this year. So they've been so far ahead. I don't want Mercedes out there running their own race just in P, you know, P, what, five and six, just kind of chilling out there forever and 30 seconds behind the Red Bulls and Ferraris and 30 seconds ahead of everybody else. I, I want them to, to get up a little closer here, you know, throw a wrench in this title fight a little bit, see if they can make some noise. So I'm excited to see what they have. They've been really talking this up for a long time. Anticipation is built. Seems like with the P3, P4 at Canada last time out, Lewis Hamilton getting that podium, it was the huge thing. Hamilton finally got his podium after George Russell had been super consistent and got a bunch this year. It seems like things are on the upward trajectory for Mercedes, and let's see what they got. It's time for the rubber to meet the road. Let's see what you got. What? How much of the upgrades actually mattered? So going from a team that is on the up, 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 uppity up, and looking good with the upgrades, let's go to McLaren here. Now, they have, it seems, some upgrades planned. Lando Norris had alluded to, you know, there's something in the pipeline for Silver, so we're going to have something. You know, try to reduce the drag in that car. Probably the draggiest car on the grid. No straight line speed. But it did come out today that budget cap issues are putting, quote, a handbrake on the upgrades for McLaren. So that's going to be interesting to see how big these upgrades are going to be. Andreas Seidel was mentioning, you know, they really have to, Use their wind tunnel time very wisely. Can't use too much of it. And it seems like they're really struggling with these with the budget cap this year. And obviously with McLaren, where they want to be, they want a major upgrade. They need a major upgrade to kind of fight back to the front. But it just doesn't seem like the budget's there for them at the moment. So that's going to be interesting to watch and see, you know, are these upgrades going to be enough? Is it going to be enough? Because... Moving on to Alpine here, Esteban Ocon, you know, he, he brought up a good point. He was saying, as Alpine's bringing their own upgrades for this weekend, they had redesigned side pods, a new floor, kind of similar to the Ferrari. That was kind of, I guess, the direction they were going. Ocon says he's optimistic, but he said, you know, hey, I'm really curious to see what the other teams bring because, yeah, we're confident in our upgrades, and so we know it's going to make us better. But relative to the other teams, how much better did they get? I think that's the big thing for McLaren is, yeah, they might bring some upgrades, but if Alpine's seemingly make more major upgrades are better than them they're going to get jumped in this championship really quickly and mclaren are holding on to p4 right now but with the straight line speed of the alpine it's going to be hard to get by them and uh, man it just it seems like the midfield can kind of swap here a little bit it seems like alpine are, are kind of on a, a more upward trajectory than mclaren and look mclaren they've had some good results this year they had the lando norris podium and imola they have an eight-time Grand Prix winner in Daniel Ricciardo. They have the ability to go fix this, but at the end of the day, if the car's not there, nothing can happen. And it's it's insane because a lot of the reason that they won, or probably the main reason they won in Monza last year and had the one-two was because they had a rocket in the straights. Their car was the least draggy car. They had the best engine in the Mercedes engine, and they were just flying down the down the track. And you flip 
to a year later, and they've just totally not been able to get on top of these regulations. So it just goes to show how hard it is to keep up in Formula One, you know, year on year, especially when there's new regulations and how much that can mix up the grid. And McLaren just haven't been able to find it this year. So we'll see what they have. Obviously, again, Alpine bringing the big upgrades. And again, another team to mention, Alfa Romeo. They said they're struggling with spare parts. They said they don't even know if they're going to have enough spare parts in Silverstone to make it. Now, I think they ended up coming out and saying, you know, we think we're going to be fine. We're going to have enough. But that's the reality in 2022 in Formula One with the budget cap issues and all this. And you, especially if you've had issues earlier in the year with, incidents and crashes and, and losing front wings and etc it can get difficult to find these spare parts i mean obviously there's a budget cap now so every team's in the same boat and we saw even last year i mean, it was the french gp where verstappen ran over the curb or maybe it was checo one of the drivers ran over the curb and the race engineer said hey you know michael michael massey the race director at the time said can we get that part back we need that part because we don't have enough money to go make a whole new one we got to repair that one so it just goes to show that these budget caps are really, they're really kicking in for every team. And, you know, you look at a team like Red Bull where they've had a lot of internal issues. They've had a lot of reliability issues, so that could affect them there. They've, thankfully for their case, had not had a lot of on-track incidents in terms of crashing and damaging bodywork. So it just goes to show, you know, all these teams are kind of in different boats. And, and especially when you get to a team like Haas, like Mick Schumacher crashing, I believe it was, I saw three over $3 million in damage he's already caused. So if you're a team like Haas, how much can you spend on upgrades in, re- in reality when your drivers are crashing the car all the time or their one driver is crashing the car all the time? So it's a really interesting challenging or really interesting challenge to see how these teams deal with the budget cap. And some teams are just already in a hole, whereas others who have maybe been more reliable or haven't gotten into as many incidents and say, hey, you know, we have room for one or two more major upgrades where you look at McLaren and Alpha and they're like, we can barely bring spare parts, let alone upgrade the car. So it's really interesting to look at that. And as I get to the last team, last couple teams here, two of the Mercedes engine cars, Aston Martin and Williams both bring in upgrades. Now Lance Stroll mentioned an upgrade, wasn't really specific on what it was going to be. He said they're looking forward to a big upgrade. That was the, the big quote when he talked to Lawrence Barreto today. Said, yeah, we're just looking forward to, you know, a big upgrade. So we'll see what that is. Now, Williams, they were a lot more confident in their upgrade. Alex Albon's going to be the one with the upgrade this weekend. Goes to show you, Nicholas Satif, he's been with the team three years now, and he's not even considered the the first driver on the team. It's Alex Albon. So Albon's going to get the upgrade. They said it's a big upgrade. A sizable difference was the quote. And they said it's going to make the car look quite different. And both the drivers seem extremely excited about it. Hopefully can vault them up into... I wouldn't even say they're in the midfield right now. I'll vault them into the midfield and, uh, you know, see if they can get some good results. And and there might be rain in the forecast they mentioned. So they said that would kind of dampen the uh, dampen the upgrades, the optimism around the upgrades, because you just wouldn't be able to test it out and really see how good they actually are. But I think it's, it's good for Williams. You know, you want to see them back at the front. Obviously, we like to clown on Latifi, and it's fun to make fun of him. But maybe give him a little bit better of a car and you, you see what he's got he did score points a couple of times last year before george russell even did so hey you know we'll, we'll see what they got you'd like to see them at the most just fighting with the likes of aston and haas and alfa romeo just just kind of up there in that sixth or seventh spot you know i don't think anyone wants to see oh here's the top two teams and then here's the next five or six and then here's the bottom two no we want yeah there might be the top two teams but Ideally, you'd want all the rest to be 
next to each other. You know, okay, maybe Ferrari and Red Bull are, and, you know, Mercedes even now, maybe they're the top three and they're fighting for wins. But I want it to be where I don't know who's going to be P5 and P6 every weekend. Maybe it's a McLaren. Maybe it's an Alpine. Maybe it's a Haas. You know, that's the fun part is not knowing, hey, who's going to pick up the scraps if top two drivers crash? Who's going to pick up that P3? Is it going to be an Aston this weekend or a Haas? You know, that's the fun part. And that's not where we are right now. But I think that's the dream of where we want to get, right? We want to get to a spot where everyone is somewhat equal and we can say, hey, this midfield can be mixed up every week. You know, it maybe this week McLaren qualifies P9, P10, and then they're P5, P6, and or, or down in P17. You know, that's what you want to see, that variability. Maybe if you're not a fan of some of these <laughs> teams and drivers in the lower order, you want your team to be P4, you know, s- sitting up there nice and pretty, but... For the casual fan and then mostly neutral fan, which I am, I just want to see good racing at the end of the day, that's what we want. We want the cars to be all over the place. We want the jumbled order. That's what makes these wet races so fun and the wet qualifying that we had in Canada. We had Haas P5, P6 out of nowhere and, you know, guys trying different strategies and all this stuff. And it really mixed up the race and it was really fun to see. And that's a dream. So hopefully we get there. Don't know what the weather's going to be like in Silverstone. It might be some rain, might not. Don't honestly need the rain in Silverstone. It's such a good track to provide great racing that you know hopefully we can get some good stuff for for the entire race and in previous years you know like i just saw the clip of uh the first lap of hamilton and verstappen from last year and the crash and all that the racing was so good between those two on that first lap up until the crash that they were so close and you think back to previous years at silverstone where the cars you know with the 2021 and before the turbo hybrid regulations they weren't able to follow that well well, now with these cars, hopefully they can just keep on following each other the whole time. And Silverstone has so many unique corners that offer you a chance to get one overtake and then get it right back, whether it's Village or whether it's Woodcut down there or, or you know, Luffields, you know, all those different – every corner's got a name with Silverstone. It's just funny. But all those different corners where it's not like other corners where, okay, you have the DRS, you go into a hairpin, you make the overtake, and you go. No, it's not like that. There's – yeah, I'll overtake him here on this corner, but then I'll set myself up in the next corner, and, and it's just a battle all the way down. We've seen so many good battles at Silverstone over the years, including with the Claren Verstappen in 2019, so that should be a fun one to watch. Hopefully, they can stay together the entire race because we know they have history there. Um, but yeah, you know, Silverstone is a good track on its own. It had the sprint race last year. Didn't provide the best racing. I would like to see it with the new regulations, personally. Now, I know the new regulations. I don't know... For me personally, they haven't super lived up to what I expected. I was expecting much, I guess, closer racing. They are racing closer, but the overtaking has been more difficult. And you would have hoped that the budget cap would have compressed. Oh, or touched the mic there. <laughs> you would hope that the budget cap compressed the field a little bit and made it so that teams would just genuinely run closer, even if overtaking or her following wasn't as easy. So we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, it's a good race. I'm pretty confident it's going to be a good race from the front, midfield, all the way to the back with. The upgrade teams are bringing where they are currently in the standings and kind of how close they are. So really looking forward to that. And um, as far as predictions go, man, I was really thinking about this. I think everybody would love to see Mercedes get back. And given that they have two British drivers, Lewis Hamilton on the podium or getting a win or Russell getting a win would be such an awesome moment, kind of triumphantly making their statement that they're back. Both of them having a good result. I don't know if we're going to see it. I want to see it, personally. I think it would be awesome. It just seems like until we see Red Bull falter, 
consistently, I you have to go with them, right? And they've had moments earlier in the season with the reliability, but the last six races, man, they have just been dominating. Five wins for Max, one win for Checo. Ferrari's been the one on the back foot, and it looks like until, like I said, until we see otherwise, this is Red Bull's race to lose. I'm going to go Verstappen with the win, Leclerc P2, and I'll go Sainz P3. I think they both have a good weekend, maybe with that new rear wing upgrade. Checo maybe falls back a little bit, kind of on a downswing after he was so close early in the championship, had the moment in Canada where he kind of fell down a little bit in the standings because of the crash. I'm going to go Verstappen P1, Leclerc P2, Sainz P3. And I think if you're Ferrari, you take that. You had no points in Baku. You had a... One driver starting from the back, and the Clare who didn't get the maximum amount of points. He had signs P2, but that's all I can ask for for Ferrari. And, and, and you hope that on specific circuits, Silverstone is one of the circuits to Ferrari, but Red Bull has won there recently. Max Verstappen won the 70th anniversary Grand Prix uh, in 2020, the second race that they had there. But, yeah, I, I, I just think Red Bull right now are just a cut above everybody else. I think there's a little bit above Ferrari, and I like Ferrari's upgrades that they're bringing. I, I like the idea of, of removing drag from the car. But you're going up against Adrian Newey, and how do you how do you go against Adrian Newey? The guy's a mastermind. So it's going to be tough for Ferrari, I think, to kind of wedge their way back. I, I sure hope they do. And, and, you know, with the way Charles Leclerc has performed in qualifying this year, it would be no shock if he starts the race P1 because he has been so fast over one lap. He's extracted every ounce of performance out of that car. And you can't be shocked if he gets P1. It's just, can he maintain that? Obviously, Silverstone, every year, it's so hot. The tire temps are always a critical thing. We saw in 2020 with Lewis Hamilton and Bottas and Sainz. Everyone's tire was blowing up. So we're going to have the three hardest compounds of Pirelli tire to help combat that. But even then, it's just it's just so hard to maintain those tires. So likely, if we get a hot race, probably a two-stop, which is good. We always love more variability in the pit stops there and the strategy. So that's good. But yeah, we'll see what uh, we'll see what Sunday brings. We'll see how the teams are able to to strategize there. And again, I I brought up that Lewis Hamilton race and just shout out to David Croft on that call. You know, as an announcer myself, I certainly understand how hard it is in the moment to kind of process those things and to analyze it, spit out what you're trying to say, and do it in an entertaining and informative way it's very hard to do that live in the moment and watching that call back by david croft just just excellent between okay lewis hamilton's tires out we know where he is on the track let's see where max is constantly updating the the audience on you know where the two are you know what the deal is and and of course just making the great call at the end with the race win so that's why he's the best just a quick shout out to him not that he needed one from little old me but uh <laughs> yeah uh excellent call and hopefully we get some some more good calls there uh, for, for this year's race at Silverstone. So with that being said, yep, that's, uh, I'm going to go with Max Verstappen P1, Charles Leclerc P2, Carlos Sainz P3. That's my official prediction for the race. And I think Leclerc's going to get pole. I think he puts it together with the fresh engine, the new rear wing. I think he's able to get pole over one lap. I just trust Red Bull a little more in the race. I trust Max to have the race pace to get it done. And maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. It would, it would add, certainly add some more fuel to this championship, a little a little spice to it, you know, add, add uh, some interest into it with Leclerc kind of climbing back over to Max, but we'll see how it goes. And um, yeah, so I'll leave it there for the preview. And as I mentioned, I 
did want to talk about some of the issues that have gone on in F1 this year now, or this week, rather. We, it's nothing new that racism is alive and well in our world, and it sucks because you see it all the time. And you saw it with Lewis Hamilton last year when he crashed out Max Verstappen. Instantly, he gets the racist comments online. He gets the death threats. He gets, you know, everything from A to Z. And I, Lewis Hamilton, even the year before 2020, was such a huge advocate and it was so appreciated for his advocacy for Bianca Taylor and George Floyd and all these things going on. He he made very clear he was, you know, he wore the shirts honoring them, knelt at every race, gave put his money where his mouth was. You know, he did everything he could advocacy wise during the season and during the pandemic and all this to to do what he could to help. And now we're at a place again where we've had two incidents this year. This I keep saying this year, this week. It sucks to say this week. It happens so frequently. First one, Yuri Vips, F2 driver in the Red Bull Junior Academy, live streaming on Twitch with some of his other Red Bull Junior members, including Liam Lawson, playing Warzone, I believe. Straight up just says the N-word on stream after he gets killed. Like, And the way he said it was a way that it came out so clearly that you know this was not the first time he said that. This is something that is in his vocabulary and it is used very often by him. And it sucked also to see, though he didn't say anything, Liam Lawson and some of the other guys just kind of laughing it off. And I get it's an awkward situation and whatever, you're, you're live, but you got to call that out when you see it. I mean, that's not, that's not some word. He's not calling him stupid. He's calling him probably the worst word in the English language, the N-word. I mean, I can't even say the word. That's how bad it is. So just disappointing all around. Of course, Yuri Vips was then dropped from the Red Bull Junior Academy. Still going to have his seat at high tech for Formula 2 for the rest of the season. Don't know how I feel about that one. Obviously, money talks over everything. We know that in F1. We go to places like Saudi Arabia and Qatar and all these places that have human rights violations that F1 just does not seem to care about because they, they money talks. They, they want the money at the end of the day. And it's a big problem the sport's facing. I think it's going to come to a head at some point. You know, <laughs> drivers are not going to want to keep racing in places where you can't live and be yourself because it's against the law, whether it's your sexual orientation, your race, etc. You know, these places are not sustainable, I don't think, to the future of Formula One and the direction that they want to go. And, of course, like the other huge incident, Nelson Piquet, the three-time, I believe, world champion, mother mother father-in-law of max verstappen during a clip on brazilian tv i believe or some podcast something he essentially called lewis hamilton the n-word and people were you know trying to defend it and say you know this and that and he said what he said and i don't speak portuguese so i deferred to the people that did speak portuguese and they pretty much unanimously were like yeah he just straight up called him the n-word that's what you know, there's no if ands or buts about it so you know, Nelson PK, he needs to have his paddock pass removed. There's there's no way, other way to go about this, I don't think. You can't have that guy in the paddock with Lewis Hamilton, with these other drivers that obviously are uncomfortable by him. I don't care who his son-in-law is. I don't care who he is. You you have you have to, at some point, put your foot down if you're F1. You can't just keep making these statements. I saw somebody share the statements that F1 had made the past three years about racial diversity and racism and all this stuff. And it's just so cookie cutter and it just repeats itself every year because these things still happen. There are still racist people in the world. And F1 just puts out a statement, saves face, moves on. And that's all they're going to do. And, and it, they don't really want to address it at all. 
I saw Max play it off as well. You know, Max, I think he said, it, you know, obviously it's not correct, but he's not a racist. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one, Max. It seemed pretty racist to me. Even Kelly PK liking a post, kind of alluding to the fact I, someone in her family had mentioned that, oh, you know, we say that all the time. Well, I don't care if you say it all the time. It doesn't make it right. You're still racist for saying it. So, yeah, it, it's just so sad because obviously they're just targeting Lewis Hamilton because of his race. Um, he's one of the biggest advocates in the sports world. You know, obviously I didn't get into F1 until the last few years, but just looking at some players like a LeBron James, for instance, who's done so much, who is an advocate for so many good causes, and it still gets all this hurled at him. Then you see Lewis Hamilton, the first black F1 driver and arguably the best F1 driver to ever live. He has gone through so much in his life from his early days and karting, being the only black kid and the only black family there to working his way up really a a grassroots effort to get him into racing. It should be a feel good story for everybody. And he just still has to be subjected to this kind of abuse. And it just, there's no place for it. It, it, F1 has the power to put their foot down and make a statement and make an example of these people. And they don't Nelson PK should never be in an F1 race again. Simple as that. And look, that might not change the internal attitudes of, racist people obviously they're going to be racist if they're going to be racist but outwardly it would i think at least stop the abuse that some of these drivers face and it would help protect them from some of that they don't need to be subject to because there's nothing wrong with them they are just human beings at the end of the day and you know it's and and also as you know living in america too you see this all the time I, I can't even count how many times I've lived through an unarmed black man being shot or black men or black people in general in this country just being the face of racism, being racially abused for no reason at all other than the color of their skin. It's just so sad to see. And, you know, you watch sports to get away from some of the, the other stuff in the world. And when something as simple as driving a car around a track really fast can't be can't be safe from that it's just terrible you know lewis hamilton made a mistake yeah he crashed with mac for stappen oh well he didn't intentionally ram his car into max and then you know once max got out of the car he didn't drive towards him to try to run him over anything it was a racing instant yeah it sucked okay he got he got a penalty for it we moved on it's just it's so frustrating to, to see and it can be bleak in these times to think, you know, I hope it gets better and stuff like that. But it's up to everybody, all of us, to call it out when we see it. It's up for those in power, especially those people like F1, these huge corporations, to finally put their foot down and do something about it rather than just giving out empty statements. And I did see some of the statements some of the other drivers made. Um, Like, I think Leclerc made a statement. Lando and George at least said something or, or liked something from Hamilton. And, uh, you know, it's obviously great to see that support. You'd want to see uh, a little more action. That's why I think a lot of people love Sebastian Vettel, where, yeah, some drivers will support it on social media, but Seb just straight up, you know, he, he'll he'll support it with Lewis or whoever. You know, I love the, the moment in Hungary where he was wearing the shirt, and after the race they said, oh, what if they ban you and they take away your position? He said, I, I don't care. He's like, do it. I, I, what are you going to do? It doesn't hurt me. I'm just going to wear the shirt because that's what I believe in. So, That's what we need more of in sports in general, in the world in general, but especially in F1 in terms of advocacy and calling these things out when we see them. It's it's, it's so much of a, you know, I even saw stories being like, yeah, when you got back to the paddock, you know, and 
10, 20 years ago, oh, these jokes were common. And it's just such an old school mentality that they, it, we need to kind of drive these old, older mentalities out and these older people out that have these mentalities around the sport because it's, it's just not sustainable. You know, you want to, you're a world championship. We race as one. We see at all the races. Do we? Do we race as one? I, I'm not so sure because every time something like this happens, it seems like F1 wants to just save face with some kind of PR generated statement and then move on because that's money at the end of the day is all they care about. And we all know that we know money is all they care about, but we choose to watch because it's fun. It's a sport. It's the peak of motorsports. And yeah, I, I would just love to see more action to sum all of this up. I would just love to see more action from a lot of these big corporations. When you, when you have a guy like Lewis Hamilton, and we saw it with Naomi Schiff even earlier saying, you know, kind of questioning her credibility. Another black woman, former driver, should not have her credibility questioned. She's a literal motorsports professional. But it's just frustrating to see this. Lewis Hamilton doesn't deserve this. He doesn't he, – he is 15 years into his career now. He's a seven-time world championship. He has essentially every important record in Formula One. He does not have to prove himself to any person on this planet in terms of the type and the caliber of racing driver that he is. And he still has to face this. And I liked what he had mentioned on Twitter as well, saying, you know, we kind of have to drive out this mentality. And, and you know, it's it's not just language. It's kind of the, the meaning behind it. And, yeah, hopefully you, you want to see things continue to get better. They Have they gotten better in the world Generally, I think they have in terms of, you know, racism and sexism and homophobia and all that, all that stuff. It's gotten better. It certainly has, but it's not no, it's nowhere near where it needs to be. It needs to be eradicated, not suppressed. So hopefully we can see some good things happen at the British Grand Prix to tie this all back to Formula One. I know it was a little, little tangent there. Hopefully we can see some good things from the drivers. I'd love to see them stand in support and stand in solidarity with Lewis, whether that's something on the grid or, or something that they do, you know, whatever they do. I, I would just love to see a lot of support for Lewis because obviously Lewis is, again, I just mentioned all his credibility. He, he has thick skin because he's dealt with this his entire life, unfortunately. So he knows how to deal with this and he knows what's up, but he, sh he shouldn't have to go through this. And hopefully, you know, I love this tweet as well. Just someone, mentioning, you know, what if Lewis Hamilton just said, who the F is Nelson PK and just got off Twitter and he said, imagine. <laughs> and that's how Lewis Hamilton should be able to handle it because he, yeah, who, who is Nelson PK to say anything? You know, some guy way back then who raced, it's like, you know, who cares? And Nelson PK has said some abhorrent stuff. If you look, don't have to look hard, go on to Twitter, go on to social media. You'll find some stuff that he said in the past. that isn't so great. So with that all being said, support Lewis Hamilton. Call out racism when you see it. F1, do something. Remove Nelson PK's paddock pass. To tie it back to Yuri Vips as well, that, I, I applaud Red Bull for their quick response and cutting him from the junior team. That was absolutely the right move. High tech, I, I don't think he should have his seat. I understand he's a good driver, but sometimes it doesn't matter how talented you are. you got to have a good head on your shoulders and be a good person. And I would have liked to see him taken out of the Formula 1 uh, off the Formula 2 grid, I should say, taking off the Formula 2 grid this season. I thought that would have been a good move as well, but we'll take what we can get, I guess. So that's the preview. That's all my thoughts on the uh, the drama and, and the and the things that have happened in F1 this week. Um, 
the preview for the Silverstone GP. Please, uh, you know, check me out on social media. All, all down here, linked all my socials. Um, trying to be as active as I can on there. You know, between this little passion project of mine, trying to find the time to be active. I'm probably going to be live tweeting the race on Sunday. So, give that a quick shout. Follow me on socials. Have a chat with me. Would love to. I'm always down to talk to people. And uh, with that being said, we will see you for the review of the Silverstone GP. Hopefully you have a good weekend. Enjoy the races. And uh, hopefully your favorite driver wins, whoever that may be. (laughs) Thank you, and we'll see you next time.